you are listening to Irish Radio Candidate Home and Abroad and coming up in uh, oh I'm going to get the dates now in a moment at the Gladstone John P. Kelly is back in action directing a wonderful play and it is a world premiere and the reason it's a world premiere is the actual play has had a virtual performance back in 2021 but has never been on a live stage and it's by Claudia Carl who is well known in Ireland and when I say well known all I like to do is mention her name to my sister and she says oh yeah she's the, she's the, the angry villain in, in uh, Fair City and I mentioned someone else oh yeah Claudia Carl so Claudia is very well known and will be here in Ottawa for the opening night uh, so John P thanks a million first of all for taking a bit of time to have a chat and congratulations on this new production well, thank you very much. Let's let's wait and see if it works before we do the congratulations. But well, yeah, I'm I, I have to say, I'm excited because um, it's very seldom you get a chance to do a play that's this new. Right. And um, uh, what happened in Dublin was there was a plan to do a full blown production of it and to tour Ireland, and then a certain thing called COVID happened, and all they could do was they did a streamed version of it. And they did it in a, a theatre in Blanchestown called Driach Theatre. But that's all they did with it. And I happened to be talking to the producer at the time over there, and I was saying, God, because I actually saw it online, and I was saying to the producer, Oh, God, I wish I could get a chance to do that play because it's a beautiful piece. And she said, Well, why don't you ask? And it was a question of friends knowing friends. Uh, because she knew the writer and the writer knew the agent and etc etc skip forward two months and uh, the writer got all excited because Claudia Carroll as you say is extremely well known as a you know, Sunday Times bestseller she's 17 hit novels but she's never written a play and she suddenly realised hey this is a chance to have my work done internationally as a play and she's delighted and she's coming over for our opening night which is on the 26th of this month and that's 26th of May what day of the week is that? that's a Thursday at least it is at the moment but okay. with a pandemic anything could change <laughs> and the opening night of course is always a very special night because uh, you know the, the nerves are there and everything else yeah the nerves are there and, and uh what we, what we do with actors and, and the nerves are there for whether you're talking professional actors or amateur actors or community actors everybody suffers nerves as you should the important thing is that people don't know you're suffering the nerves and um, well that's not my problem, I'm not an actor I don't worry about that but we will be nervous because we are setting up a premiere, a world premiere if it comes to that and uh, we're excited by it let's hope it works a challenge that must exist at the moment is getting the electricity from the audience back to the stage and the reason I say that is because when you have a tightly bunched audience there's an electricity but when you uh, do any kind of spacing um, that doesn't necessarily generate the same atmosphere well that's a very good point and to answer that I almost feel like going into lecture mode because we all have seen pictures of the Greek theatres and the amphitheatre and everybody but the point about this is that they were designed so that when people sat down their knees were pressed into the backs of the people in front of them and they had people's knees pressed into your back so that there was a physical entity created from the front row to the back row mm -hmm. 
for vibrations to pass through bodies. Right. Now, when we in theatre, uh, when you can't bring people that close, even without the pandemic, um, but you still have a different atmosphere when you get a crowd of people. Hey, compared to a football game, it's not the same. I hate it for those who would hate me for saying this, but there'll never be a Hill 16 again. Croke Park, it was people packed together. Now, we can't get that anymore, and with physical distancing, it becomes much more difficult. But, of course, the real challenge is, it's two years since people are going to the theatre. When you mention that, it brings me back to Dublin and to the Project Arts Theatre. Did they let you into Dublin? <laughs> <laughs> so what they did it, and then they kicked me out. But I remember going to the Project Arts Theatre, and it was that type of atmosphere. It was bleachers. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's just when you talk about that, that it, there wasn't the armchair with the back of an armchair in front of you. No, well, theatre has you're you're so right, and uh, I wasn't around even in Shakespeare's time, but um, uh, sometimes I feel like I was. But uh, yeah, I have to take into account that even the Shakespeare thing that they were up on a raised stage. The rich people may have been in the balconies, but the people, real people watching the show, were packed in, standing in front of them. You know, and they were the real you may we may call them rabble, but they were real theatre audience. And uh, I, 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 I don't say I want to have been around in those days, but I long for that wonderful feeling of theatre, of community. Right, yes. This can happen. Because again, and I've always said, I know you and I've shared this, that to me the big difference between theatre and cinema is cinema to me is passive. Theatre is not. There's a two or three or four or five people and they're standing on the stage and their job is to engage my mind and my job is to be engaged by it I can go into a cinema, I can sit back and it's all done for me so that wonderful electricity and that wonderful imagery and that wonderful everything well, is there on a stage that isn't on a screen what, what can I say Austin except to compliment you because that's a very very succinct and, and absolute accurate description of that when we in theatre, in fact you just walked in in the middle of we're rehearsing here at the moment and I have just been talking to uh, the actor who has seen and I'm saying you know who are you talking to who are you listening to and there's a triangle happening not two people no matter how many people on the stage there's a point out there in the top of that triangle which reaches into the heart of the person in front and, um, and the person who's sitting way up at the back has to get the same the same feeling as the person at the front without the physical touch between them and that's, a, that's what acting is about it's not just acting on a stage it's acting for people and with people in an audience and that's why we just want people in that audience to be part of theatre to be part of this thing when you go to the theatre you're part of the show when you go to the cinema I don't know you're looking at the show mm -hmm. theatre you're a part of the show mm -hmm. And that piece, uh, that, and we're going to share that with the listener, um, it was wonderful because I sat there and we're here in the theatre on our own at the moment without an audience during rehearsal. So I'm listening to the lines we're going to share and it brings me back to so many people I know and I shared one with you that it brought me back to a very vivid memory of a relative who said that he w wanted to act out in public a bit bit like the scene we're about to hear um, and there are so many scenes that we see in public that Claudia Carl 
obviously has captured and uh, scripted to such an extent that despite me in an empty theatre listening to one uh, actor sharing those lines I was able to sit there and have a laugh yeah well this play like all the ones John P. Kelly does will have you laughing have you crying and have you scared because indeed a lot of the subject matter and I don't want to spoil it for an no, audience but at least at least some of the subject matter in this play is terrifying mm -hmm. uh, and terrifying to the extent that I considered whether we should make this an adult only play okay. now and I'm not talking about swear words mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the subject matter is scary and we're not making it an adult only play but we are telling people that there are adult themes involved in mm -hmm. it and um, there, are, there, there are teenage characters in the play and some of the some of the things that happen are, are just ah, frightening um, but um, moving but we the Irish they're funny at the same time that scene which we're going to play for the people yeah. is, is a description of not at all funny moment no. but the Irish have a way of even the worst things in life we find the humour in yeah. when you say an adult theme what struck me as you said that I think it's just the harsh realities yeah. and some of the harsh realities <coughs> um, they're not, the young ears are not yet ready for them even though yeah, 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 but they are, yeah. And, and I can relate because again what I could relate in the piece that I heard and we're going to share is the pain um, that was coming through and I'm very aware of a lot of people particularly over the last two years who would have been struggling to deal with life and what we're going to share would have been how they would have endeavoured to cope yeah. yeah well all I can say is true the last two years have been something else Austin you know of which um, I know you got a, a flavour of COVID yourself and you're over it yes thank you very much I, I, I was in Ireland in March I was brought over I'm boasting now to adjudicate a drama festival over there in the um, the, the, the lovely country music town where Big Tom came from Castle Blaney no. Oh, no oh yes Castle what am I saying no yeah. Castle Blaney yeah and I was there for two and a half weeks and I was very careful masked left right and centre and be careful of myself and then of course I had to do three tests to get back into Ireland and no two of my own beforehand that I discovered one in the airport in Dublin before getting on a plane and one because I was caught random as well back in Toronto when I got back and three days later I started to feel sick right. and I had about two weeks ah I'm not going to moan it was it was just like a bad flu as they right. say it was right. the um, but yes we're, we're, we're over it and we're trying to go on and this is what we do to quote the famous Irish playwright we go on yes you know? and, and I know and I this is to reassure the listener as well that as we said at the beginning you would love to be able to pack people close together and the, the cast would love to have people packed close together 
but distancing is happening in the hall so people can rest assured please be adequate space please be assured uh, masking is still important we are social distancing and um, we um, we have a maximum number of people we will allow into the theater I, I mean I'm one one of the things I'm a little sad about is that uh, I always have an opening night with a party afterwards mm -hmm. and we're not doing the party afterwards you know mm -hmm. um, we, we just have to continue to be careful mm -hmm. for all of us out there we mm -hmm. have to continue to be careful yeah I know and, and I will acknowledge that you and I sitting down as we are now is the first time I've sat down in a room with somebody and recorded like this in a long long time and uh, Better days are coming. I know they are, and they are, and that's the good thing is that we'll be able to start getting back out there again. Um, a little about Cla Claudia, we talked about her there. She has a, a, a library of books under her belt. Um, she is, uh, with the correct word, dearly be, she is famous for her infamy in Fair City. She played a villain, Nicola, in yeah. Fair City for about oh, good 10 years. Yeah. Um, and. Um, not, not that much of a villain a villain at times but I, I spoke to Claudia about it I've become close friends with Claudia close friends sorry by email if one can possibly become close friends and we discuss it but Claudia wouldn't believe she was a villain at all right the character she was playing and uh, but Claudia uh, I mean, you should talk to Claudia about this Claudia found herself sitting in a dressing room in RTE um, bored out of her tiny mind waiting for her two lines scene to come up and she said she tried to write a she'd write a book and she started writing and maybe we can all learn from this she was just sitting there and she started writing yes. 17 hit novels later and her latest has just been issued now right. uh, she's a new book out if I remember it's called The Fixer right. and uh, just on the shelves now as we speak and um, but um, she's pouring it out of her and uh, I've read three of her books I haven't read this one okay. I particularly only want to stick to the play and what's written in the play here okay. because this, this one is based on a book an earlier book okay. but um, this is, this is a, we can only work on what's on the page and what's in the, our page is what's in the play um, let's do some housekeeping and opening night is again the 20, 20 our, our opening night is Thursday the 26th of May yeah. uh, we have a preview on the 25th and we have uh, we run until June 11th and uh, there are matinees on Saturday and Sunday so there's two shows on Saturday 7.30 productions always opens at 7.30 just remember that you don't have not to know what time it is. Not and actually, it's funny. I always insist we go bang on seven, and we still have people arriving in at five minutes yeah. to eight, thinking the show starts at eight o'clock. Listen to me. We start at seven thirty, two thirty for matinees, hey. and um, this is seven thirty productions, and we're working with another company called Three Sisters, which is um, specialises in work for for for, for females, and. Um, together I hope we got ourselves a good piece but it, we're relying on you people listening come see now, us I di we didn't in a way and we don't want to give anything away but if you can share what is the amount of a synopsis you can give us that, uh, okay okay I'm delighted I'm happy to do that the, the challenge I have is that you know if I start talking about a very serious storyline 
the strength of this play and Claudia Carroll's novels is that she applies the Irish technique of tragic comedy to her work so that it is actually a very funny work at the same time uh, the story concerns th basically three females three women and uh, there's Susan who's a woman in her 40s whose 15 year old daughter has died from drugs she, the 15 year old daughter's not in it but there's a beautiful older next door neighbour called Jane who's an absolutely wonderful salt of the earth woman uh, who is, has the answer to everything but then there is also her 15 year old daughter who's suffering because her mother not only she lost her sister but her mother is, is, is in grief mm -hmm. so in the middle of all this pour onto this is finding the way forward and finding the way forward through humanity and it's a story that just warms the heart all the time as three women show how powerful and there's a quote in it and it's not giving any away but it's a quote that's on and probably on the poster it's a quote from Eleanor Roosevelt who said the wonderful line a woman is like a, a tea bag you have to dip her in hot water to find how strong she is and it's about the strength in women and bring your husband make him come along the title of the play? the title of the play is The Secrets of Primrose Square Primrose Square is uh, uh, not, not a real name but Claudia tells me it's based on Pierce Square in Dublin right mm -hmm. and it's set around that area now you did mention um, that you have a matinee at the weekends but is there is the stage is always dark on Mondays we all, we, we, we're dark on Monday we run Tuesday to Saturday nights and then Saturday and Sunday matinees and the tickets are available from thegladstone.ca as far right. as thegladstone.ca and it is a simple process to go through click on uh, buy tickets here and the map comes up and what's impressive in the map and again I'm going to reassure the listener about the social distancing when the floor plan comes up you actually see the seating and you can see the gaps so you can see how it, the spacing is happening so you can rest assured that you can pick a space and know that you're not you, nobody's knees are going to be in your back and we have the phone number as well don't forget it 233 glad 4523 okay. John Kelly am I ever delighted that you and I are sitting across from each other again I'm delighted we're friends Please. I'm 18 years here how long are you here um on the 7th of May we are 34 years here you're not old enough to be 34 and not only here. that and this is a, not trivia but on the 7th of May 1988 um, the Irish Cancer Society uh, put a challenge out there to photograph Ireland in a day and that became a coffee top book and it started with photographs. People just sent in photographs. Started from midnight to six a.m., six a.m. to midday, midday to six. I saw it. Yeah, I have two copies, one for each of the girls, so that that's the record of the day we ever read. Fantastic! I know the book. Great yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. John P. Thanks a million. Thank you, Austin. Thank you. I'm out of Xanax and trying not to have a panic attack. In for two and out for four. 
In for two, and out for four. So now it's one minute to nine, and I'm parked outside the pharmacy, waiting on the lazy hour scobshites to open. Xanax. Lovely, soothing Xanax will get me through the day. Xanax will help me to breathe again, sleep again, start functioning around Melissa again. The pharmacist, who's wearing a badge that says trainee, comes out from behind the counter to talk to me. Never a good sign when they've got the 12-year-old doling out the drugs. We're so sorry, Mrs. Hayes, this one says, biting her lip. Why? I ask. Well, your prescription was only good for three repeats and you've already reached your limit. There's a half-second delay while my brain processes what this child is trying to say to me. No, 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 you don't seem to understand, I tell her. I need those tablets, right now. Just give me a few Xanax to tide me over. That's all I'm asking. It's not such a big deal, surely. I wish I could help, the kid says to me, terrified. But it's against regulations. Now, can you step aside, please? I'm afraid I really do need to deal with other customers. I turn around, and sure enough, there's a few old ones behind me with wheelie bags tut-tutting and glaring at me. But I can't move. I can't go back home to her things, her books, her everything with some, without some kind of medicinal backup. I can't and won't. A standoff develops. Me, refusing to budge, and another old lady behind me banging on about how she urgently needs a bottle of toenail fungus remover. Please, Mrs. Hayes, says the trainee pharmacist, petrified. Just make an appointment with your GP and they'll give you a fresh prescription. And that's when I lose it. Just lose my reason. Everyone has a break point and this is mine. I am going nowhere till you've given me what I'm asking for, I say. You want me to beg? Fine, I'll beg! Total silence from the queue behind me now, everyone turning into the side show. I get worse. I start snarling and howling like a wild, rabid animal. You know what I'm dealing with! I can hear myself yelling, not caring that I'm making a holy mortifying show of myself. So why won't you help me? Have you not got a single gram of compassion in you? Sure, we need to make allowances for the poor woman. I hear a familiar voice saying to the other old ones in a stage whisper that I'm not meant to hear, but I do. Violent Hardcastle. Who else? Good lover, she doesn't be well. And then I see her mouthing, Eldest daughter. Drugs. Desperate. Sure, I did what I could to help reported it to the HSE and all for all the good it did. And at that... A white, hot rage floods through me. And I know everyone's always saying we have to be mindful of violence because she has a history, but you know what? So do I. You can shut up right now, I roar at her. You haven't the first fucking clue what you're talking about. And there's a part of my brain that thinks, look at you, screeching at an elderly neighbor. Is that what you turned into? I'm aggressive, I'm abusive. If someone was filming this on their phone, I'd have gone viral by tonight. But I'm well beyond Karen. The pharmacist seems to have called for reinforcements, though, because the next thing I feel a man's hand clamp down on my shoulder. Hot. Sweaty. Sticky. 
Excuse me, madame, this brick shithouse of a security guard says. You need to step this way. Now, 